Welcome to the Scale with Speed Show. You know, every time I bring it, and today is no different. I've got my man Frank J. Lopes in the house and on the show today. Frank is a highly sought after master marketer, keynote speaker, and this is all thanks to his proven track record of helping businesses, big and small, grow by identifying their strengths, leveraging their marketing, and getting in front of the audiences that matter. And now Frank is near and dear to me, although we're just now meeting, and I feel that we're kindred spirits because Frank built one of the largest advertising agencies in New Jersey and grew sales literally. Listen to this. This is what I love um, because I've done something um, very similar, zero to over 30 million in just five years. And uh, a big claim to fame, which we'll get into, which is really cool, is he was Gary V's first and only advertising agency, which is freaking amazing. And then also Frank's been featured on or in things like Auto Dealer Live, Digital Dealer, Fast Company, Spark Business, and, and much more. Frank and I are going to bring it today. We're going to talk to the why buy, which I can't wait to pick his brain about. Um, you must eliminate the scumbag factor. And we're going to get into all the relevant shit that you got to know about, the why you listen to this in business, to move you forward, to be positive, and to understand the, the tricks and trades of marketing and business. And Frank and I are going to bring that today. So big round of applause, and let's welcome my man, Frank J. Lopes. Thank you. Thank you, Judge. You know, ever since you invited me on to, you know, to come on to this, and it's a, it's a tremendous honor to, uh, to, to be here, I've been trying to figure out what kind of a cool saying I could use with the word judge, you know? So yeah. I was doing like, here comes the judge, but that's got kind of like a going to court type of thing. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people don't, don't like that. that. Yeah, we don't, we, don't, we don't want that, you know? Uh, it's time to be judged. I don't know about that one either, you know, yeah. so I'm still working on it, but just the, you know, the name, you know, you, you want to talk about marketing and stuff, you know, your name alone, you should be thanking your parents every single day I am. You know, <laughs> for the name because you can't get any better. You can't get any more power than yeah. having a first name with, with judge, you know, yeah, so. I, I love it. Well, hey man, I'm just as excited to have you on. I mean, I have uh, been following you and, and just freaking love your energy, right? I mean, I, this, this new game of business, right? I just, I just wrote this book, Scale with Speed, and we're just in a different environment, Frank. Right? I mean, you're, you're living this. I mean, everything is moving lightning fast. Everything's 365. Everything, you know, you can go from being a nobody to a somebody now with the power of technology and speed and personal branding. And, you know, you're out there being authentic. I mean, people need real shit, and you're bringing it, and, and I love it, right? And so I... uh. I want to get into um, a lot of things, right? I think you're doing a bunch of cool things. You're keynoting. I know you have an event coming up that I want to make sure we plug. But I really have gravitated to, and I love this concept of why buy, right? Mm -hmm. um, I talk a lot about, for me, selling is, is two things. You're identifying a pain that somebody has, right? And you're going to fix and solve that, or right. you're delivering on a dream, that they want, right? So, you know, I use an example, using a marketing example. If I'm working with an insurance agent, right, and he wants to work with me, I'm not freaking selling him social media, dude. I'm selling him 
two to, two more days that he gets to play golf, right? Because he has more leads and can hire more people and make more sales. Or I am solving a pain because right now he's not growing his business because he doesn't have leads, right? And I believe that to me, that's part of the why, right? So if you're out there and you're just freaking running your mouth and you're trying to sell whatever it is, a phone case, a wallet, you know, uh, or whatever it is, you're selling, a, 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 you're solving a pain and you're delivering a dream. And I want to hear your whole perspective on, on why buy, because I think it's fascinating. And before we do that, do we want to give just a, a minute intro on you so the audience has some background? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so for, for me, it's a, you know, it, it's a lifelong, it, it's really a lifelong journey of consistently answering the question of why. You yeah. know, I, I can't say that I was a very like inquisitive kid and I would walk around and ask my parents like, oh, why is the sky blue? And like, why is it like I didn't do I didn't do shit like that, you know, right. but what I did do was silently I would I would watch things and I would see things and I would say to myself, like, why did that work or why did that not work or why is mm -hmm. this like this and always try to break down to get, you know, to get the right to the core of things. Um, you know, I, I, my story, if you, if you want to give a quick one when it comes to the why thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the why. Yeah. So the first time I discovered this was when I was 10, I was a paper boy. So I had a pay, I got the paper route that was in my neighborhood. Right. So we started off with, about, I got handed like about 70 some odd homes. And I thought I was like cool as shit, man. Like I was like the man because I was like the marksman paper boy. Yeah. I would walk, I'd walk around my neighborhood with my bag of papers and I would like, and I could, the, old, the old game you and I can relate to paper boy. No, exactly. Just like, just like paper boy. I was, I was paper boy before paper boy came out, you know, mm, love it. So I could, I could hit a mailbox. I could hit a fence post. I could hit a front porch, a back door, a back screen door. It didn't matter. Right. Yeah. So for me, it was more fun just to walk around the neighborhood and fling these, these, these fucking papers all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once in a while, you know, once in a while you'd fling one and maybe you didn't have it folded properly. You didn't have it weaved in and out and you know, your grip would be a little too tight or something and you'd let it go and it would go and kind of open up yeah that you know may, that that may have happened a few times in right. the past you know that, that that may have happened and i may have just like kept on walking because i wanted to get to the next house so i could get you know so eventually i could get home and watch another rerun of gilligan's island or brady bunch or something right <laughs> so then there was you know then it came a day where we had a new family move into the neighborhood Right. And they were across the street and over one house directly across the street was the crotchetiest old man, Mr. Kovacs, who lived across yeah. from us. Right. <laughs> it, it, this was like, you know, it, when I just said crotchety old man and you and you and everyone who's listening had a picture in their head. That's that's, that, that's the guy. That's yeah. the exact guy. He's the type of guy that you'd go to his go to the house on Halloween. You'd ring the doorbell. He'd open the door and look at you like what the, the fuck are you doing here? Yeah, yeah, and then, and you'd say trick or treat and he'd go, yeah. And yeah. Like, aren't you going to like tell a joke or do a dance or something? Right. I remember one year he did that to me for like the third year in a row. And I just literally, I just turned around and like left. I just like, I'm not doing this shit on Halloween anymore. Like this is not fun. So, um, so the new family moves in across the street and they don't get the paper. 
And, but, you know, I was so consumed with like, you know, throwing the paper and hitting everything and doing whatever I wanted that it didn't really bother me too much until one day I was up at the drugstore, literally the corner drugstore. I was there and I saw mm -hmm. Mrs. Parker and at the corner drugstore and she's buying a paper. So I go up to her, or 10 year old me, right? I go up to her and I'm like, hey, Mrs. Parker. And she sees me and like puts the paper under her arm, like very inconspicuously. And, uh, and I said, hey, what gives? Like, you're buying a paper. Why don't you get the paper from me? So she looks at me and she goes, well, to be honest? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you're a shitty paper boy. Wow. And I was like, um, now you're 10 years old, right? Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you really got going for you? Okay. <laughs> exactly. All right. I, I'm 10 years old. This is like 1980. So, yeah. you know, there's no Atari yet. Yeah. You know, I just dated myself horribly, but there's yeah. no, there's no Atari yet. There's, I said before, there's Gilligan's Island and Brady, you know, Bunch. And Brady Bunch reruns. Yeah. So, you know, you're, I was pretty much all in on delivering papers because school was like, who gave a shit about that either, right? Right. When you're 10. So, you know, I was all in on delivering papers and your neighbor across the street tells you that you're a shitty paper boy. Like, mm. this, like this is bad. So yeah. it goes from bad to worse. I go home and I tell my mother and my mother looks at me and says, well, you are a shitty paper boy. <laughs> so I get like, you know, I got, I got the one, two punch out of this. So, so I suddenly figured out why? right at that moment, I figured out why, you know, and I figured out that the why wasn't the fact that you know, I was delivering the paper. It's not, it was the fact that for the customer, for all of my neighbors, it was the fact that the paper came to them. And a part of that was also that if the paper is going to come to you, it should come, you're paying for it and, and you're supposed to leave a tip and all that kind of shit. You're, it's supposed to come to you in the fashion that you want it to come to you mm. because there's options. You can always go to the store and buy a paper, right? So there's no exclusivity on delivering papers. Like there's no, you know, there's no, uh, you know, curve jumping, groundbreaking type of thing here. This is 100% service. Right. So I suddenly figured out, A, what those paper bags that were next to the papers when I went to go pick them up every day, I figured out what those paper bags were, um, those plastic bags were for. The long ones like this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured out what the box of rubber bands was for. <laughs> like re really quick like it all hit me so fast i think i like had to go to sleep at like 6 30 that night so um you know so i figured out what all that stuff was for and i was like okay so it's to bag the papers when it rains out like for right. all the stuff that you think is so common but you know at 10 you don't know any of this shit, especially, sure. when, all, especially when all you care about is throwing the damn paper right so then i went to every <clears throat> single person on my route and i said to them you know when i collected and i said to them hey where would you like me to put the paper? And like half of them looked at me and was like, oh, now, you, now you're gonna ask me? Yeah. <laughs> like it's been eight months, now you're asking? Yeah. So one was like, well, you know, if you could put it in my mailbox, that would be great. Then when I come home from work, I get the mail, the paper's there. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Another guy, could you do me a favor, Frankie? And could you bring it to the back door? Because, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little old and I can't get down the steps in the front. And, you know, it's a lot easier if you come in the back. No problem. I actually had one guy judge. He wanted, um, he worked nights. So he said, I'll make you a deal. I'll give you an extra dollar and I'll leave my car unlocked. And then when you come by, you don't have to make any noise. You can just open up my car and put the paper on the seat or on the dashboard and then I'll read it at work. Oh, wow. So, 
end of the story are two things. Number one, I went from 78 homes in the neighborhood. And then when I gave up the paper route, um, I went up to 92, which was an 87% penetration, market wow. penetration for that route. So, you know, I, I was a stone cold closer at, you know, at 10 years old as well to get you know, that kind of yeah. market penetration. Well, and what I love about that, uh, Frank, I mean, and I love what a great story, right? Uh, you know, and if the audience is listening, I talk a lot about this and it's, it's similar to, to the why concept. We get so caught up. That 10 year old Frank was so caught up in, man, I'm just, I'm freaking doing it, baby. I'm out, I'm hustling papers, I'm throwing them, and I know I'm doing a great job because I'm out there and I'm doing it. And I think as individuals and sales experts um, or even business owners or in careers, we don't freaking ask why. We don't listen to the customer, right? I talk a lot about, hey, you know, I get people come to me all the time, Frank. Hey, I've got this business plan. I've got this idea. You know, will you, you, will you back it? Or can you help me find an investor or whatever? And I go, what's the market data say? What are the, like, how many customers have you talked to? Do they right. like it? Would they pay for it? Like, you know, it, people just forget. You get caught up in your own fucking bullshit cycle in your head and you forget about the why of who you're doing it for. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're hitting on, which I love. George, I'll tell you something else that I that I'm seeing go on right now, and I think you're see, you're seeing it too. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of people get caught up in the you know in the what I call the hashtag words now, right? Hashtag hustle, yeah. hashtag grind, right? And, and they they don't realize that before there was a hashtag hustle or a hashtag grind or a hashtag killing it or a hashtag whatever the fuck you want to put after the hashtag. <laughs> You know, that makes it seem like you're actually doing work. Right. Uh, you know, they don't realize that before all of that, there was a, you know, there was a hashtag why. Yeah. So if you don't answer, I firmly believe that if you don't answer the, if you don't answer the question of why buy, you're going to die. Especially, especially now. Yeah. Especially in this current marketplace, especially in this current economic climate, if you don't answer the question, why buy, you will die. Yeah. That's it. It's that simple. I agree. So walk, walk the audience through it. And, and I love this. And I talk a lot about, I, I think, I don't think, I know now, you know, the days of being able to say, hey, I'm Nike or I'm Coca-Cola. There's so many freaking brands now. And there's so much ability to market quickly. You know, I'm a, I'm a Texas guy, so I wear cowboy boots all the time. I love cowboy boots, right? I either wear old school Nike Air Jordans or cowboy boots. That's like my okay. thing, right? And so I've always been loyal to Justin Boots. And I tell this story all the time. That's been an iconic brand that just could go out there, put their pillar out and says, I'm Justin Boots. And everybody bought it. Well, all of a sudden, I've switched. I'm, I'm with a boot brand called Tacovos. This okay. is a small company out of Austin that popped out out of nowhere, but they are delivering on the why for me. The customer experience, asking me what I want, different options, shipping availability, um, understanding everything why I like cowboy boots and providing me a product that I want, therefore I've switched. So I think what we're about to get into, what I'm trying to frame up to the audience is, is listen, not only is why important or you're going to die, it's freaking everything right now. 
because the competition is so fierce out there. And if you're resting on your loyals of, you know, of a big brand, good luck because those big brands aren't, you people aren't loyal anymore. No, there, there is no loyalty because there's, because there's options and there's options because there's exposure. Yeah. You know, expo exposure is, you have to think about it, Judge. Exposure is basically free right now. Look at what we're doing. Yeah. Right? Look at what the two of us are doing. There are people right now, thank you so much for, you know, thank you so much for listening and for putting your attention, placing your attention on, on our conversation. But it, you, you, all of you guys right now that are listening and watching, you're the perfect example of this. Okay. Yeah. Not only are you talking to, but you're the case study. You're yep. devoting your attention to this right now, but there are a thousand other things that you could be devoting your attention to. Sure. It's not. It's not like you've got. You know. It's not like you've got channel two, four, five, seven, nine, and eleven anymore. Now you can't count the channels. Yeah. It's impossible. To, it's impossible to count them accurately. Um, so, with that being said, there's nothing that's really exclusive. Mm-hmm. Let's use your boot analogy. All right. You've got Justin boots. You got the Tacovos boots. You've got Fry boots. How many Lucchese and Lucchese, like right? Yeah. Are and are any one boot? Or, when you get into that level of boot of boots, right? Is there any one that's really going to be that much no. better than no. any other? No, there really isn't. So then it comes to the you know once you get that quality issue checked off, then it comes to what's going to make you better. What's yep. going to make what's going to make you different? You can only pay so many influencers, and you can only run so many Instagram you know, Instagram ads. That's it. There is going to come a time where you're going to you're going to hit the top. Yep. And even in those Instagram ads, and with those influencers, if they're not talking about why those Tacovos boots are so much better, mm-hmm. you know, and it has to come down to things like warranties and things like service and things like when you buy a bag of, when you buy a, a, a pair of Tacovas boots like that, and I don't even know if they do this or not, but I'm, I'm kind of making it up on the fly. They should give you a really nice travel bag with it that you can put the boots in that you can put in your suitcase. And it has the big Tacovas logo on the Amen. side of it or something, you know, there has to be something extra that they're putting into it always. Yeah. Once you get the quality done, once you get all that type of stuff done, and all of those things add to the why, right? So, so that's talking about the why on like a product level. Now, when you're talking about it on a service level, now it's a whole different thing. So yeah, let's do for, car. I know your expertise, you know, one of them is in cars, right? You got a ton of experience there. In the automobile industry, yeah. Yeah, what's, what's the why there? I mean, I think people listening to this, you know, again, whether they're in sales, they're in customer service, they're managing a team. The why is ubiquitous across all of that, right? Absolutely. Any type of, you know, cars go hand in hand with any type of what I call lone wolf salespeople, right? So you're talking about automobiles, real estate, mortgages, investments, insurance, any of that type of thing. It's all pretty much, you know, you're all pretty much talking about the same thing. So let's go down the car rabbit hole and then everyone else can, can relate to this. So in the automobile industry, the cars are really, they're a commodity. There is nothing special about the black 2019 Toyota 4Runner that is at one Toyota dealership as opposed to another Toyota dealership. The yeah. car is exactly the same. It comes from the same factory. They're, they're made side by side, no different whatsoever. The only thing that's different about it is the experience that, that a customer can have in purchasing it mm-hmm. 
right? And then what's the experience after they purchase? Yep. The only thing that an automobile dealership has to sell today is themselves. Yep. That's it. It's just themselves, nothing else. Because everything else can be bought somewhere else exactly the same. Like literally exactly the same. No difference. So that why buy comes into now. Now you have to look at it and you have to say, all right, what are the items or what are their perceptions or what are the things that I have to overcome? What makes it so that somebody says, I don't want to do business with you? Mm -hmm. Now, in the automobile industry, we have this thing that, that I've termed, I've termed like or the original sin of the automobile industry. I, and then I term it a little bit factor, a little bit closer as the scumbag factor. Because when you think about car dealers, like the picture that you just had in your mind right yeah, this a, second. Absolutely. It, it, it totally like that's everybody does not, you know, I mean, there's, there's this stigma. You walk in a dealership fucking head down. I don't want anybody to talk to me. I don't want to deal with the sales guy. I don't want to deal with the sales guy. I don't want to deal with the sales guy. I get it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So, so the main job right now for automobile dealers to do is to get rid of the scumbag factor. Yeah. Everybody thinks you're a scumbag. That's, that's what it comes down to. Everybody hates you. Yeah. People, 99% of people go into the experience of buying a car thinking that it's going to be bad. Mm -hmm. So 99% judge, let's just say that, that's everybody. Okay. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> So if you're, if you're a car dealer, everybody right. hates you. Yeah. So the it's first, a <laughs> that's a, that's a, that, that's a little bit of a problem there. Right. Yeah. So the first thing that you have to do is overcome that hate and overcome that stereotype. Yeah. How, how by a, by saying that, look, I'm going to take care of you. I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to take advantage of you. I'm mm -hmm. going to give you the right advice. I'm going to mm -hmm. give you the advice that's right for you. Right. I'm going to make buying a car here easy. I'm going to make it straightforward. We're not going to play any games. We're not going to do any bait and switch. We're not going to Mickey Mouse anything. And then, and then I'm going to guarantee everything that I say. I everything. It. So if I tell you, if I tell you this car is going to be $199 a month, guess what? It's going to be $199 a month. And if I make a mistake in the price, then the mistake's on me. When you, when you come back for service later on and I tell you that, you know, to replace the front brakes on your car are going to cost two ninety nine, and you show up, it's not going to be three twenty five. dollars 29 It's going to be two ninety nine, And that's the, that's the end of the story. It's my responsibility as the professional. It's my responsibility as the authority to quote you right the first time. Yeah. And, and, and if make a mistake, that's on me, not on you. But I love what you just said there. And I want the audience to, to tune in because I would go as far as saying the salesperson is viewed 99% as a scumbag. Right. I don't care if you're selling knives, you're selling books, you're selling phone cases, you're selling wallets, you're selling something. There's that, that, oh, I don't, this, all they're trying to do is take and not give. That's right. What I love you just said is you're coming out with this whole transparency right? Immediately, let's cut to the chase. Let's cut to the bullshit. This is, we're going to talk about a fair price, a guarantee. This is what I'm going to get. This is what you're going to get. I think it's, it's, it's almost like an icebreaker, right? The anxiety and all of the unknowns or the, the, the fears, when you frame it up that way, they go away, right? Yeah. Now, now you, yeah. you take the vulnerability and the angst away because boom, in the first three seconds, you've addressed it. 
right? I mean, is that kind of what you're saying? Because uh, I like it. Yeah, without a doubt. And let's go. So let's go down a couple other rabbit holes, right? In a couple other industries. So let's talk about real estate. Real estate's an, real estate's another big one. Yep. So if you are in the real estate in the real estate game, the number one thing that you have to do is you need to be the authority. Mm. You need to be the authority on a particular area because somebody who's right. moving, generally they're not moving around the corner, right? They're not right. moving to the same neighborhood. They're moving to, you know, either a, a new neighborhood, a new, new, new part of town, a new state, a new city, right? New so country, who knows? A new country even. So yeah. you need to be an authority on that area. And in some cases, it could be a six block square in the middle of Manhattan. In right. other areas, it could be all of South Austin, right. right? In other areas, it could be whatever. So anybody who's watching this is, is kind of getting where I'm going now. You need to know everything about that area. You need to know every single new shopping plaza that's coming in. You need to know what the ratio of teachers to, to, uh, to students is in the schools. You need to know where the schools are. You need to know what, what those schools' grades are. You need to know if there's going to be, you know, if there's going to be some kind of major construction, if there's going to be road, new roads, put, whatever it is, you need to be that authority. By establishing that authority, then right away, the buyer needs you. I look, Frank, what, what I want to hone in on, what you said, and I talk about it in my book, is niche will get you rich. I have this concept of go an inch wide and a mile deep. And what you're saying is that become the freaking market leader, right? So if you, people, so, so if you take a realtor, for example, right? Right. If you want to be a successful realtor, focus, swim in your lane. It's going to, like, I'm going to use my market. I'm in Dallas, Fort Worth. I could sell homes anywhere in Dallas-Fort Worth if I was a realtor, but I, I live in an area called Colleyville. Okay. So if I'm a realtor, become the freaking expert in Colleyville, right? That's right. There's a freaking market share in Colleyville for you to become a multimillionaire, just a realtor in that, if you go an inch wide and a mile deep. Freaking know the schools, know the teachers, know everything. So you become the authoritarian. If I'm going to buy a house in Colleyville, Judge is my guy. That's right. Judge is the guy. He's not your guy. He's the guy. He's the guy. And then, and then he becomes your guy. If you're the buyer, then he becomes your guy right. to where you start telling everyone, oh, you, you know, because then you move and your friends say to you, oh, where'd you go? Oh, I went to Collierville or Grapevine or whatever neighborhood yeah. up there. And then they go, oh, really? We're thinking about looking up there. Oh, you got to talk to my guy. Yeah. You well, got to talk think, to my guy. I mean, you hone, talk in, to judge. hone in on that because I think it's so important for the people listening, realtor, anything in sales. The only opportunity that that happens is if you're the market leader in your niche. That's it, right? Yeah. Because if you put 15 realtors in the DFW area and all of them go, I'm gonna be the best realtor in DFW, good freaking luck, right? I would much rather say I am the guy in Colleyville and 99% of the time I'm gonna win that deal. That's right. And, and people don't wanna commit. They don't wanna burn the ships. They don't wanna go that deep. But I believe you gotta go that deep. You gotta go narrow and deep, baby. If you That's want right. to win. Absolutely. And your sale, let's go on another point as well here. Your sale in reality, your success is not that first deal. No, it's not. not. 
It's not. It's to get that first deal to say that Judge or Frank or Bobby or Brian or whatever the fuck your name is, <laughs> is my guy. Yes. Because there is no money in the first deal. Right. There's no. not. There's right. not. And you don't want to be doing first deals over and over and over and over again. True success comes from the second and third and ninth and 11th sale that is rooted in that first deal. So, yeah. step, so step one, become the authority in whatever it is that you're doing and whatever it is that you want to do. Right. Okay? Step two, becoming the authority gets you that first deal. Yep. And then number three, becoming the authority gets you to become more people's guy yeah. or gal. You got to talk to my gal. You got to go. You got to go and buy a home. Oh, if you're looking for a home here, you got to talk to Sarah. You got to right. talk to my girl Sarah. You have to. It's yeah. not. It's not even a question. You right. have. And then that's it. Now, now the person who hears that message is like, oh, oh, oh well, I got to talk to Sarah. Oh my right. God. Well, how do I get in touch with Sarah? Because yeah. she's she's the one. She's or, the or, one. Or the guy that's guy or gal selling the Toyota uh, Tundra truck. Or the guy selling the Toyota. Hey, Bobby, I really like your Toyota. I, I'm so, I was thinking about getting one. Oh, well, you got, you got to go see Judge. Yeah. This guy knows everything about he's, and he's And he's going to get you a great deal. Boom, right. done. The sale's finished yeah. at that point. The, the guy's already driving this new Toyota. Yeah. He just doesn't, his, his ass just isn't in it yet. But yeah. in his mind, he's in there. his mind, he's already there. Yeah. And there, uh, now notice something. We didn't say shit about price. Right. We didn't say anything about discounts. We didn't say anything about he's going to get you the most for your trade in. Right. We didn't say anything like he's, you know, uh, Sarah's going to sell your house for the top of the market. We didn't say anything like that. Yeah. Because yeah. all of that stuff is secondary. All that stuff comes when you are the one. Right. So I think let's, 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 uh, let's riff on that a little bit more because I think the audience needs to hear this. To, to compete, right? I want everybody to be clear on this. To compete in this marketplace, Quality of your product, um, you know, ex expected service in price are table stakes. Those are not competitive advantages, right? Because everybody should be at that level. The competitive advantage is what we're talking about, inch wide, mile deep, market leader in the extra, right? right? Always. That's, th that's the difference. And so, you know, so many people listening to this right now, you're on a freaking hamster wheel, man. I talk to people, I coach people, I mentor people, I go into to, to companies. Salespeople are on hamster wheels, right? They're trying mm -hmm. to compete on the wrong shit. They're not asking why. They're not listening and they're not becoming an expert, right? Quit fucking worrying about price and, and expected service and, and, and value. Those things you better have. That's the, those things you better just already have. But you yeah. can't win on those things anymore. No, you no, that? you can't. You can't. Let, I make this example to auto dealers all the time, and, and it, it goes right into your, right into your, uh, to play into your words here. You see a lot of dealers and a lot of salespeople, right? In any industry, doesn't matter. Just what you said. They try to come up with these reasons as to why somebody should do business with them. And the reason is already a given. Right. You're talking about something that's expected. I yeah. say it in automotive all the time. You see automotive dealers put, we have Wi-Fi in our waiting room. All right. There should, 
<laughs> Wi-Fi is expected fucking everywhere. Yeah. You know, judge, I travel a lot. Okay, so so let's so Me like too. on it. Okay, so you know this. Whenever you're on a flight and you're sitting there, and the the flight attendant comes on, and you know, and she does the whole, you know, we're sorry to announce that Wi-Fi will not be available on this flight. There's somebody in in row 26 who's like, you know, who's ready to like set the plane on fire. Right. Because, because Wi-Fi is expected everywhere. Wi-Fi is not a Wi-Fi. Yeah. It's not. Amen. That's that's an expected. That is an expected thing. So yeah. whatever you're in, whatever industry you're in, it does not matter. The things that are already anticipated and already expected, do not waste any time talking about them. Go right for what sets you apart. Go right for what is the extra. You have to look right. at what, honestly, you have to look at what everybody else is not doing so that for, your industry is looking for. So, so for everybody listening, right? I mean, hopefully they're, they're getting the joke, right? Because for you and I, it's, it's freaking crystal clear. But is, is, the, is the guy or gal that is in sales right now listening to this and they're struggling with that why, how do you, can you help them crystallize? Here's some exercises or the things you should start doing to have some self-reflection to up your game. What, what would those tips be? Well, number one, you have to find someone who feels completely safe telling you the truth. Mm. And, and you have to make that person feel safe. You really do. Because it's got to be somebody who's going to give you good feedback who has the experience of doing whatever it is that you're in the business of doing. So for example, let's use cars again. So for example, if you're a salesman and you're looking for that extra edge, you've got to go to somebody who recently bought a car, whether they bought a car from you or not, you know, it's kind of, it kind of doesn't matter. But the thing that matters is you have to make it so that that person feels 100% safe to tell you the truth. Right. And you have to ask them what was good. What was good about it? What was bad about it? What would have made it better? What right. were you, what were you kind of looking for that you didn't get? And you got to listen. You got to really fucking shut up and listen. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, you've got to shut. This is the point where you got to shut your mouth and you got to tell your ego to fucking shut up. Yeah. And, and, you, and just leave your ears open and just write the stuff down. And don't even consume it right there. Just write it down. Yeah. Write down everything that they say. And right. you've got to put your ego, you got to put your own muscles to the side. And you got to look at it. And when you start to see a trend somewhere or, hey, look, maybe you don't need anybody's input. Maybe you're just sitting there and you're just looking out and you're saying, oh, wow, I would be so much better if this or I would right. be so much better if that. But you know what? We don't really do that. You got to number two, you got to take the line. We never did that or we don't really do that. Right. And you got to turn it into toilet paper and flush it. Yeah, because right. that's that's going to be the that's going to be the thing that's going to hold you back the most. Just because yeah. you used to do it this way, it doesn't mean anything. Today, we used to do it this way means we used to suck because, and right. then you can put that thing in that spot. Yeah, yeah, that's great, I love that. So let's, let's switch topics um, just for a second. Because, you know, again, I think we're kindred spirits, both have big marketing backgrounds, grown big agencies, um, you know, from zero to, you know, uh, 30 million. In my case, I've grown them, you know, that to hundreds of millions. Mm -hmm. So I think marketing, so we've talked a lot about wine sales. I think the other big piece here 
is is marketing, right? I mean, uh, I mean, you're friends with Gary V. You were his first and only agency, right? Talk a little bit of that. That experience had to have been pretty cool, man. That experience was it, it was absolutely amazing. I got to be honest, I didn't realize how much how much it influenced me until later on, and I looked back, you know, and I looked back at it years years um, you know years in the future because during that time. I was hearing about things and I was watching things and we right. were doing things that were like, you know, that were totally out of the, out of the realm of norm. Remember that stuff I said about, you know, Oh, we used to do it this way. Yeah. Okay. So there was no, we used to do it this way right. back in, in the Gary Vaynerchuk wine library days. Besides, just, the, besides the fact that we had a liquor store and we, and, and we sold it. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the only thing that right. was, you know, that was the way that it was. Um, you know, he built the first, he built one of the first e-commerce wine, you know, wine selling websites. Uh, but that was in the nineties. That was before I got there. The first time that I met him when I walked and I sat in his office and he told me about everything he was doing, I was like, you're doing what? <laughs> like, you're actually like, this is actually happening. And right. he walked me through at, at the time, he walked me through this small, like shipping and distribution uh, you know, area in the, in wine library upstairs. And I was like, like, you've got like a factory going here. You know, you, you have like, uh, like, this is like, this is real. Yeah. And I knew at that point, it didn't matter judge at that point. I realized it didn't matter if I was going to make a dollar or a million dollars off of that account. I knew that I was going to wrong. make, I knew I was going to make millions over years from right. the experience that I was going to get from yeah. you know for being in at that at that level yeah, what a great story it, it, it the stuff was absolutely absolutely fantastic the thing you know let, let's uh, i'm going to shift gears on you a little bit over here because this is a message i really want people to hear okay yeah. i made as much as i learned i also made a lot of tremendous mistakes mm. at, at that time right and the main one was in January of 2006, Gary called me, had to be like 6 or 6.30 in the morning because that's the way that it rolled. So he'd call me at 6.30 in the morning and say, I need to see you today. And I'd be like, like my schedule's full. I don't even, you know, I'm still in that gray matter, you know, that gray area when you first wake up, but you don't really yeah. know where you are yet. And it was like, I need to see you today. You got to get up here. I'm like, okay, no problem. I find a way to get up there in the afternoon and like, he's like pacing around his office. I sit down and I'm like, okay, where's the fire? Like, what's up? And he's like, like I got this thing we're going to do. Okay. He goes, I'm going to do a show. And I was like, oh, awesome on TV. And he's like, no, I'm going to do a show on YouTube. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, what, where the fucking cat videos are? You're going to do a show on there? And he's like, and he's like, yeah. And I go, what do you, and I remember slouching back in the chair like this, right? I slouch back in the chair and I'm like, what are you going to do a show about? And he's yeah. like, I'm going to do a show about wine. And I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to taste wines and, you know, and we're going to review wines, wines that we sell, wines that we don't sell more that we, more than we don't sell than we do. Yeah. And, you know, and I was like, I remember I'm like starting to go like this, like I'm rubbing my forehead and like, okay, where the, where the fuck is this going? And he goes, I, he goes, and guess what else? I'm like, what? He goes, you're going to do a show too. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. I said, what am I going to do a show about? 
He goes, whatever, you can do a show about sales and about selling shit and about the car business and marketing, you know about all that stuff. And I slouched down and I went, Gary, ain't nobody gonna watch me do a show about sales or marketing or car dealerships the same way ain't nobody gonna do a show, uh, watch a show about oh, you wow. drinking wine, okay? Mm. <laughs> now, now, but Judge, here's the thing. When I said, when I said that, I knew I was wrong. Yeah. I knew it. I knew, like, I instantly got that, like, mm -hmm. oh, wait a minute, you're, you're, no, you're wrong. Right. I was so, you know, but here's the mistake. I, I didn't listen. Mm -hmm. I didn't follow that buzz that said that I was wrong. So we saw what we all know, history, you know, history tells us we all know what happened with one. Right. So two of the people in that conversation, we know what happened with one of them. Okay, and now everybody's learning about what happened with the other. So the lesson from the other is that you should take chances. And, yeah. that, and when you get that buzz, when you get that little zzz of, oh, wait a minute, there's something here, you should go after it. I, I love that. You know, Frank, I think this is a great way to end this segment because I, I there's a couple of things. I, I fundamentally just, at my core, I believe you got to bet on yourself. Absolutely. You got to bet on yourself and you have to be okay with failing. I talk about failing all the time, right? I mean, if you're not doing, then you're not going to progress. And if you're doing, you're going to fail. Yeah. Okay. You, so you can you sit are. on your ass. You can sit on your ass and, and dream. And then every three months you get together with your friends and you talk about the big fucking idea you had. And then three months go by and you talk about the idea again. And then you wake up 10 years later and you're still talking about the big fucking idea that you never did. Right. Real, yeah. Real failure and real death comes in hesitation. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, I, does. I talk about, and I know I keep, keep plugging this, man, but, but, but this book. No, plug it. It's a good book. Plug it, that shit. This, this book is changing uh, people. I, I think it's the best book out from a business perspective now because it's, an, it's a practitioner's guide. It's a no bullshit, right? We talk about decisions in here. I tell people, you're, you're faced with 35,000 decisions a day. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. 98% right? of those, you should make like that. Do you brush your teeth? Yes, brush your teeth. Should you wear a fucking blue shirt? I don't care. Yes, wear a blue shirt, right? Then you have these 2%, Frank, that people, they wring their hands. They stay up at night. They can't make the fucking decision, and it's paralyzing them. Right. So I've come up with a, a two-decision process to make any decision in nine minutes because you got to act. You got to make decisions or you won't progress. You won't fail. You won't get better, and you won't win. No, you'll, you'll, you'll actually, I'm, I, you know, it's funny. I said this word in the conversation with a friend and I didn't realize it wasn't a word, but now I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to take it. You devolve. Yeah, you do. You actually devolve because you think about it just in life. Everything in life is constantly evolving. Everything around you is constantly evolving. Nothing stays the same. Everything changes. Right. But when you don't make those decisions, when you hesitate and when you don't move forward, you actually devolve. Yeah. You actually hold yourself back from evolving. And if you want to be a part of a bigger picture and, you know, there's people that walk around like, I want to be a part of a cause of something and blah, 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 blah. And you devolve, you're actually being extremely selfish. Yeah, no, you are. 
Yeah, you're being selfish and you're trying. So, so for somebody who wants to be a part of something bigger than them and all that type of bullshit and you don't, make, you don't actually make the hard decisions and you hesitate and you don't move forward, you're actually being a selfish prick. Totally agree. So you actually are. So, so to end, what's your message? What's your one piece of advice that you would give the audience? I have two things. Number one, answer why, buy, or die. That is what's going to set you apart from everybody else. You, the only thing that you really have to sell is yourself. That Amen. is it yourself, your expertise, your experience. If you don't have expertise and experience, go get them and sell the fact that you're learning then. Yeah. Right. right. And push yourself, push yourself that way. And number two, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Don't be scared. I know it's scary. Okay. I get the fact that it's scary. We have all been scared at certain times of things yeah. in our lives, but don't be scared to take a chance. And I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's as little as crossing the fucking street. Okay. Take the chance, look both ways and cross the street. And then after you cross the street, cross another one. Yeah. If, you think, if right now, if you're thinking about doing a show like this, guess what? Do it. You get better. Start. What's the worst thing that happens? You yeah. screw it up and nobody listens? Well, well guess what? Who cares? Yeah, exactly. There are very few things in this life that you can do that the negative effect of them is so monumental that you will die. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Judge, if this show is a, is, a, is a fucking flop today, are either one of us going to die? No. No, <laughs> like, you know, I can move the camera around. You could move your camera around. There isn't, you know, I can see wide on, on yours. There's nobody behind you with a gun that's, you know, right, right. right to the back of your head saying, you better be good or I'm going to fucking yeah. kill you. Yeah. No. Right. That, but you know what? In our own minds. We have to feel that way. We yeah. are the one. No, we are the ones with the frigging gun. Yeah. Holding it to our own head. Yeah. And then we do not, then we, we paralyze ourselves. Yeah. So, you know, so that, that's, let's leave it, let's leave it right at that. Yeah. Answer why buy or die and don't hesitate. <clears throat> I love it, man. So Frank, I love your energy, your passion. It's, it's awesome. So where can people, what are the best, give me your social handles, your website. Um, let's plug. I know you're going to a, you're keynoting at a new event coming up. Like let everybody know where we can follow you. I'm, I'm very easy to find just like, just like you, my friend, all you got to do is go to the one place where you find everything. Just go to Google and you can type in Frank J. Lope, Frank J. Lopes, L-O-P-E-S, no Z, there's no Z's in there, L-O-P-E-S. You can type in get more, hashtag get more Frank and I'll pop up, uh, I'll pop up everywhere. Very, very easy to find. And um, I have two big events that are coming, uh, that are coming up. In October, I will be uh, one of the keynote speakers. It's actually an all keynote event, which is totally cool. Never, yeah, uh, never cool. been, yeah. yeah, I've never been involved in, in an event like this before, but it's going to be fantastic at, at Rockstar Auto Conference. Even if you're not in the automotive industry, but you're in the sales game, this is absolutely, this is a, a conference that you want to come to. Fantastic. Um, fantastic all keynote presenters. Uh, I, I don't even know what the hell they picked me for, to be honest, because everybody- You're a badass, else, man. What are you talking well, about? Everybody else that's also speaking are total badasses. Um, in Las Vegas at the D Hotel, you can go to rockstarautoconference.com and you can see all, see all about it. And then also uh, later on in October, 
I'm, I will be the MC and host of Digital Dealer Conference, Digital Dealer 25. That's one of the biggest conferences in the automotive industry. Um, I'm blessed to be the MC and the host of that. That's a fantastic conference for anybody specifically in automotive, whether you're in sales and e-commerce, managers, general managers, dealers, it doesn't matter. That's also a conference that you absolutely need to attend. Awesome. Okay, and for everybody, if you're not, go get the freaking book, scalewithspeed.com. This is a game changer, right? Speed is a formula. I don't know if you know this or not, Frank. It's speed is start with your end game, right? Mm -hmm. Pick your niche, execute with speed, energize your culture, and dominate your top priorities. This book is fire. Check it out. If you're not following me, follow me everywhere as at Judge Graham. I've maxed out my uh, personal page. Business page is at Judge Graham Business. And then the easiest way to find me, just Google Judge Graham or judgegram.com. And Frank, it's been amazing. Can't wait to keep this up, buddy. Thank you for being on the show. And as always, make it happen. Thank you, buddy.